the blue orbs that come in room first during the experiences. So beings on a, a space visit, I suppose you'd say. That's how I um, recognise them coming through the wall before they physically manifest. God, the sounds that I'm hearing in the background are amazing. Yeah, yeah, I see the blue orbs as well. Have you got the sound going on again? Yeah, it's not as bad as at the beginning, but yeah, it's kind of like this bizarre. The blue orbs, the blue lights are the ones that I see a lot and they just hover in front of me sometimes. Sometimes they're just a pinprick of blue light and sometimes they're about this big and they're sort of okay, yeah. misty, misty blue light. And sometimes they just go like that and just grab my attention like, whoa. Yeah. Do you get I, I get a lot of blue blue flashes, like they'll be in my peripheral, but it's quite electrical blue, similar to the colour you described. But yeah, I get, I get that a fair bit. I see a lot of misty stuff. It's almost like smoke, and sometimes it'll look like a beam, or sometimes it's just energy, and yeah, or you'll just see something move, spirit move in the corner of my eye all the time. So we've had orbs flying around just during the interview, so. You got to accentuate the positive. Welcome to ATP Radio. I'm your host, Karen Swain, teacher of deliberate creation, showing you how to accentuate the positive, the way to a better life. Your radio station is an example of the future existing right now. Hello and welcome to another hour accentuating the positive here on Soul Traveller Radio. I'm your host, Karen Swain. I'm a teacher of deliberate creation, a channel and a medium, channeling wisdom from my guides and broader perspective whom I've called blissful beings. On Accentuate the Positive, you'll hear conversations with open hearts and inspired minds. It's my intent to put more love out through our media. It's so important to have a media diet that uplifts you, empowers you, and reminds you of who you really are, instead of a lot of the media that we get that puts you in fear. So this is why I present the show. I've got some wonderful guests lined up for you. Welcome to another fascinating show, Accentuating the Positive Media with Karen Swain, Awakening Consciousness and Expanding Your Horizons. Today I'm so delighted to introduce you to another amazing person. Her name is Lauren Kurth and she is a first earther, healer, difference maker, contactee. She has a fascinating story that we're going to find out all about today. Hi Lauren, how are you? Hi, Karen. How are you? So great to have you on the show. Thanks for coming on. Thank you for having me. I saw Lauren speaking online and I just loved her down-to-earth way in which she speaks and she has a fascinating story. So basically, Lauren is a part of the brand shift that's going on and she, her soul for a bit of word or her spiritual soul is a part, it normally incarnates on different dimensions, different planets and different dimensions. But she's here in a physical body having her first life, she says, and first and only human life, she says. And she's down here to help us shift our consciousness. But I want to get into the human story. So how did you find this out, Lauren? Ah, uh, well, I'm a New Zealander. Lo oh, yeah. Loving and living in Australia. I started having uh, experiences with my first conscious memory of a UFO around the age of four or five when I was in New Zealand. Uh, I woke in the middle of the night and 
had a, a strong call to go to the window and saw a beautiful disc craft uh, with coloured lights hover for not very long, probably you know, 100 metres across the road above treetops, several hundred metres into the air. Um, hovered no more than 10 seconds and then shot off across our mountain, our local mountain. So, and um, I had that feeling, um, no fear, more of a connection. And I just went back to bed and straight back into a deep sleep and woke up and uh, just had memory of it the next day. Um, and from there, I had lots of different unusual experiences with spirit and with interdimensional beings um, when I was sick as a child. And it's progressed and uh, lots more contact now as an adult. Mm. So tell me about... I'm doing for the work that you're doing. Tell me about some of those interactions with interdimensional beings when you're a child. Because I remember as a child feeling like aliens were just completely normal. And then, you know, being imprinted with, you know, you're crazy if you believe in aliens. And I'm like, who said that? (laughs) And I think kids are so open to it. It's it's no big deal. I mean, your experience is someone, you say, that comes in having lives in other dimensions and then you're having your first uh, human life here. And so obviously taking on a human form, your mind is imprinted with all these beliefs and concepts that we as humans believe in. Sure. Early experiences, I, I, I'm like you, I thought that everyone was having them, but it was very normal and natural. Um, it wasn't until I got older and I started to realise some of the downloads and information I got, other people weren't having them or they were happening at times when other people weren't having those experiences during class, for instance, at school. Um, yeah, imprinted with with uh, the same beliefs. You're still a, a totally a human being, but I did feel as a child a little bit like I didn't fit, and the world has always seemed a little bit uh, odd. It doesn't work, and our policies and ways of doing things are destroying the planet we live on, and all that sort of thing. Which I'm sure lots of people. Um, feel. Early experiences, uh, I was sick one day and I, I had a, an experience with a, an, I call it an interdimensional being because it wasn't completely solid, but it looked a little bit like, um, I don't know what you see is sort of pixie in form with a flame looking head. It was really unusual. It sort of moved around. Say that um, again, but it was, a pixie. A yeah, like a pixie with funny ears. Yeah. Um, but about two, two or three foot tall. Um, it was it was very etheric and actually it was a she and it had almost like flames coming off the top of its head dancing around um, all, all see through not the same color but that that's how I can describe it as a child um, and I thought I was being taught to whistle I was actually unwell I had um, glandular fever and she was actually toning energy and frequency and codes into my body I believe so um, I used to have a lot of nighttime sleep state experiences that are quite common with contactees, but I used to know that they were going to happen on the day before they actually happen. I get a feeling, come across the environment, the unified field, and I knew that I was going to have some sort of experience, and then I'd have it in a dream state where you're actually aware that you're having that dream state and that it is real, but it, um, you think of it as a dream as a child, but as an adult, I've had it, and you know. I've had physical marks as an adult and different things that have shown me that something really did happen. Um, and that, that was quite common as a child. And that's where I was told during an experience uh, that this was the, the first time um, I, 
had been to the planet and that it would be my last time. And I'd come to learn about a shift in consciousness to know the truth of what God is um, and some sort of um, earth storm, something happening with our planet. Earth storm? What do you mean by earth storm? Yes. I don't, I don't quite know what that means. I don't know whether it's a storm of consciousness or, or I'm still yet to find that one out. I'm certainly aware of the shift and I certainly had experiences with what I believe is the God force. So I'm, a, I'm two thirds of the way there. <laughs> so that's what they told you that you had be, that you'd come to be a part of the shift and part of the earth storm. What, like basically to experience it? Yeah to experience something um, I don't think it's a negative thing I think it's to do with energy that I was carrying something in my genetics of frequency that had never been here I was carrying something for them I know it's fascinating and we've had some interesting which I've uh, I, ha- I, I think we've got a lag we're having fun with a the bit te- of a delay yes yeah. we're having fun with the technical stuff we had fun when we first started uh, before I press record, I was getting this, which sounded like a vacuum cleaner sound in the background. It would go, and then it would go, Shh. so we had a bit of an intention. We talked to your mob and said, please, guys, can we have a nice, smooth, technical <laughs> experience? So that was interesting what you said about Earth storm. As you said that to me, I asked them, like, what is that? And this is the information that I got from my mob. They said that never before has a planet been has so many come down to help with this chip. It's like this big storm of consciousness. It was interesting yes. years ago, oh, probably about 20 years ago, it, there was this big thing in Australia, well, even 30 or 40 or 50 years ago, people were saying that there's going to be a tsunami that hits the east coast of Australia, which is where I live, which is where you live, and wipe out you know, the yes. east coast of Australia. And some people like got up and moved to the country, took their cans of food and moved to the country. So I was speaking to my mob back then and I said, what is all this whole tsunami thing about? And they said, it's not a wave of water, it's a wave of consciousness. And I remember Mm. sitting in a convention at the convention centre here and there was a a convention called Metaphysical Mastery that came out, was brought out by Americans to Australia, a whole lot of American teachers, spiritual teachers. And and there were about 9,000 of us sitting in the convention centre 20 years ago. Can you imagine? And I looked around and I said, this is the wave, you know, this is the tsunami of consciousness. So that storm word is the same thing. It's like a storm of consciousness and Mm. you're a part of many beings that are kind of having your experience that they've come in with a different consciousness to help the rest of humanity shift. Sure. Well, that that actually makes a lot of sense because um, something that I'm supposed to share is my frequency for opening um, other people that it's encoded that when you have interaction on even just listening to a radio show like this it can affect what's going on for their awakening and uh, that would be true people who come to my sound group and even meet me at um, public meetings or where I speak people want to touch me and um, they feel an unusual connection I took my best friend to an event recently and she was just blown away with the way people react because I'm just normal Lauren to her and so she doesn't always feel what's flowing from me like other people do and it's quite quite surprising. But I've been told that um, you mentioned portals before that, that I am a portal for this energy as part of the shift. Whatever's in, encoded in my frequency and 
genetic code hasn't been here and won't be here again. So, and that's been told to me over and over um, if I've had a reading or something like that, the same words over and over for years. So it's just their way of getting that message to keep going and do what you're meant to do. When did you start like looking for answers? Like, who am I and what the hell is going on? Why do I have these experiences? How old were you? Well, I, I guess I didn't... People found me, to be honest. Mm. I always was very spiritually minded and I, I went to a spiritual church when I was younger. In fact, at the age of 10, I went to every church that was in my local community without my parents. So friends belonged to a church I used to ask to go looking for the truth of what God was after being told what I was here for. And I was having some energy experiences with who some people would call Jesus or it just came as an energy that I recognised. And I was told to stop looking in the church. So <laughs> I'm sorry, I shouldn't laugh for those. No, videos. I know. I try. I try not to laugh. <laughs> yeah, that's not not where it was for me. Yeah. And um, and I've never felt the need to be a part of something like that. So I, I guess I can't say that I actually made a, a decision to start looking. And who am I? I kind of felt like I knew knew who I was from a young age, and I was always very open and thought it was very normal so I guess I didn't know any different until I, I got a little bit older and some of the things that were blurting out of my mouth in class didn't really fit so I would get into trouble and uh, I remember having a few experiences where I think I left my body and woke up in class wondering how I got there and why does everyone know all this stuff and I have haven't really got a clue what's going on in the class at the moment so so this um, is in school. primary school primary school, primary school yeah yeah so Teenagers, not, not too much. Always had a, a really good intuition and a spirit connection. But uh, the UFO stuff didn't really start again until I had my first child, um, which was 20. And I started yeah. having different energy visitations and things again. So It's interesting when you hit puberty. There's something that happens in puberty when the hormones kick in that it kind of disconnects you for a while, I think, as the, as the physical body is going through those huge hormonal changes as a teenager. And I've been told why that happens, actually. One, tell, tell us. We, what we, need, we need to, it's that time where we're really stepping away from the belief systems and trying to formulate our own, but also the chemical imbalance. You wouldn't want to have too many experiences with those hormones going on because you'd be seen as uh, mentally ill, actually. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because puberty can be so unbalancing as it is so mm -hmm. that's why I was told that it was shut off at that age yeah it's confusing being a teenager for anybody but for starseeds having those sort of experiences yeah but it's also that time where you're doing a lot of peer there's a lot of peer pressure you know you want to fit in with the group like you want to fit in with your mates you want to you're with your friends and be a part of a, a peer group did you find that difficult at that time like how is navigating a human life with all this going on how do you do that well all of that stuff was actually um I, I enjoyed it it gave me some I don't know sense of excitement in life to going through teenagers I was a punk so I didn't really fit in anywhere I had a mohawk and a chain in my nose and yeah so I was always the black sheep I was never trying to fit in actually I was just trying to be myself, whatever that was. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And, you know, there is no yourself, really. And I think a lot of people are playing with that sort of identity. You know, everyone says, be yourself. But I don't think there is yourself. I mean, who we are is a being of light. Transforming. 
Yeah. yeah, and we're just exploring, you know, different outfits. Like I was a punk for a minute, but I was like a fashionable punk. I wasn't too much of an ugly punk. Lived in London <laughs> for a while, had my short spiky blonde hair and my lots of makeup and, you know, studded belts and stuff. Bit of a boy George <laughs> punk I was. <laughs> but just that exploration of identity, you know, like here we are exploring identity. There is no, you know, true self when you're wearing these physical suits really these physical outfits is just what you choose yeah yeah Yeah, absolutely continue on with the story and so when you had your first child is when more of the contact stuff happened what was happening Uh, I just think I mean I was quite young to have a child 20 um, and it it really grounds you and makes you more family orientated and and put put your feet on the ground Uh, and I started looking at stress reduction and things like that being a young mum so I got back into meditation and things like that. And then by the time I had my second child, a few years later, three years later, I'd started going to a local spiritual church for some spiritual support. Um, and I fit fit into those places pretty well. I was doing platform within a few weeks and, and, and got involved for a few years. And that was, that was great. And it just progressed from there, uh, different levels of uh, energy awakening where my whole worldview would change and I'd really look at my beliefs what was mine and what wasn't and what needed to change and the the whole path has really put me on a course of self-exploration really deep observation looking at why I do the things I do and healing past trauma and things that we've all been through it's made me a better person a more conscious person definitely and I've been grateful to raise my children that way as well so they're already very open-minded which is nice so you've got quite a few children, haven't you? You've got four. I've got four, four children, two boys, two girls. Yeah. yeah it's interesting that you chose to have all these children. What was the, <laughs> what was going on in your head? Like, I'm going to have lots of children. Uh, actually, it was one of the things I blurted out when I was 10 that I'd actually have five children. I remember being cursed by my teacher for even thinking of such things at the age of 10. And I, I had four children. I, I just love family and in those early days I was probably looking for for probably needed more self-love <laughs> yeah, a young person having children it just happened really doesn't it <laughs> at, at, at 20 but um they uh, they've all had their own experience too so uh, my sisters didn't have children so I always joke I had enough for everyone so, oh okay yeah yeah but I knew I'd have children really young they're all they're all star seeds themselves so. yeah exactly so they're all part of your mob like I call them your mob so where have you spent the majority of your time has your soul spent the majority because I don't think that as a soul we come from anywhere because we all come from the source right source, but, yeah, sure. you know as we spin off like Garnet says an individual aspect of the source and then become individuated and then we go oh we've got this like universes and universes to play with and we go oh where are we going to go so you had been spending time elsewhere where where is that well the life i remember before i come here um, was one of high energy and um, information preparing me for this life and i only remember and will feel that it's not part of this universe and i remember being part of a collective that could separate to do different things and the, the color and frequency that went with that is gold and I do remember taking a form and heading into new planets and actually working on crystals, putting codes and energy into crystals to create different environments towards life. So a, pl- a planet when it starts off and then going back and it could create you know, maybe an algae and into a grass or whatever, for whatever that planet was for, not on 
thing and human things, but it could be anything. So that's the memory I have. It came to me uh, in a meditation and I've, I've dreamed about it as well mm-hmm. with a very strong feeling and in a download. And as far as I know, I, I definitely have had lives with some of the beings that are actually helping here on the planet. Like I know I have a connection with the Arcturians mm-hmm. and the Syrians. Some geometrical beings. Uh, I know when I had a process with Mary Rodwell, she to tell me that it came out in that process that I had actually incarnated into lots of the beings that were working here. And as a child, I have memory of uh, in a dream state my sisters sometimes couldn't wake me up. I'd be crying and saying, I, I, don't, I can't do it. I don't want to go back. And I have these memories of, of going uh, in a sleep state to a council. And there's lots of different unusual looking beings there uh, that are involved with the evolution of this part of the universe yeah. um, and, and looking after the planet or monitoring more than anything. And I actually, just sitting here now, I, I know I had a connection with those, those people. And I would be talking about the level of consciousness that humanity had made. Um, or when I say talking, most of it was telepathy, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't have lots of deep and depth memory, but I know that when I think about that and, and coming back with this really clear feeling, it actually made sense in my life as to how I felt that this was the soul's first time to the planet. And it's quite a neat thing because, I, I mean, everyone loves nature, but... You see something new, it's, it's, I think sometimes, am I feeling it the same? Is it, it's all new and wondrous, it's quite beautiful. Yeah. I mean, this is really a, such a unique planet. The depth of diversity here is unlike anywhere, really, yeah. in the cosmos. And courageous souls come to play here because of that depth of diversity, because there's just mm. so, it's so diverse in frequency, in beings i mean the animal kingdom is incredible i mean even as humans and scientists we don't know like there are many hidden animals and um and beings actually mythical beings that do inhabit this planet mainstream consciousness don't know about and um, it does take the the depth of the physicality here is so beautiful yeah i know as some of the other beings i when i've tuned into them you know you don't have that that physical connection with people the emotions are different so the way you experience things are different. Yeah. But all of us, you know, come from that same source and we all have to navigate our stressful thoughts. We all get imprinted with ideas that humanity grapples with. And I think one of the biggest ideas is that I'm not worthy. You know, I'm not worthy. I'm not enough. That's mm. one of the biggest ideas that humanity grapples with because I'm listening to a little bird singing. What's, can you hear a little bird singing? I'm hearing so many noises yeah. in my headphone. I tell you, it's amazing. Yeah, that grappling with I'm I'm not worthy enough because they that disconnection to the their source. And how did you, knowing all that you knew about yourself and all those experiences, how did you work with those ideas that you had uh, it picked up along your physical trail? Like anybody else, I imagine. I don't know that knowing you have a a different connection makes it any better or any worse. I'd say it's 50-50. You know, sometimes it feels good to know that you're connected to something else and really feel it the way some people don't. And then other times, I know it can make me feel a little bit sad because the world is a a dense, heavy place at times. But all of those negative experiences, I always see them as, as lessons for growth anyway. So with my work that I do, it's really about getting out of that victim space 
and I've got tools to help people deal with that. So, and I've, I've had a full life like many of us have, so I've had plenty of challenges to overcome. I think that's the normal human part of part of life, really. So I try not to get obsessed with the whole UFO other side of the world. One of my key uh, goals in life is to remain balanced and I have a completely normal life. It's not something I have to talk about in every moment and every day and, and I'm not obsessed. I, I make sure I do the work, but I also have family and normal friends that aren't involved. And I think that's really important. I think a lot of people you see that have these experiences and it's quite natural. It really sends them off balance and they never really come back from that. And they also get hooked into the fact that they may have been an ET before and it becomes their life, but we have to remember that we've come to be humans and do do it in a human balanced way. We don't change the planet through being ungrounded and airy fairy and all that sort of stuff. So I've, I've tried really hard just to remain grounded, balanced and normal. Yeah. Yeah. That's such great advice because in order to change anything, you know, you have to be in the system to change the system as opposed Absolutely. to feel like you're an outsider and like you're all crazy. Cause I remember when I first started waking up, well, when I was in my thirties anyway, cause I don't even know when I woke up, I was having this conversation with someone um, who I'm interviewing in a couple of weeks, Will. And I said, when did you wake up? And he said, I don't know. I just kind of, it was just a gradual, and that was me too, you know, like as a kid I had all these ideas and and then it just a gradual self-exploration, self-inquiry, asking questions, millions and millions of questions and getting answers and just expanding, expanding, expanding. So there wasn't like a bang, you know, one minute you're not conscious, the next minute like, poof, expanded awareness. But there are a lot of people at this time having that experience of waking up suddenly because they've led these really third-dimensional lives and then, bang, their spirit guide says, okay, time, (laughs) it's time for you to wake up. But, yeah, we have to be a part of the system in order to help the system rather than seeing it as outside ourselves. And I remember we used to say, we used to say, you know, like Harry Potter the magical people used to call the normal people the muggles. And that was a very sort of divisive way of them and us. But at the same time, it's all us. You know, that's the biggest thought form on our planet is the diversity creates the separation instead of seeing the diversity as beautiful and belonging to that diversity, diversity in race, in thought, in colour, in culture. There's so much diversity here. Absolutely. A message that the off-world beings really want us to get because they're even more diverse. And when we join our cosmic family, as, as Sherry Wilden and Mary Rodwell talk about, then we're going to have even more diversity. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And acceptance and understanding that people have a right to be who they are is going to be huge for humanity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is why this consciousness shift, it is moving along pretty quickly and you can see it growing, but it needs to happen because... At the moment, you know, people ask all the time, why don't they just come down and land? And I, I said, look around at what we do to each other. When you find a difference that you don't understand or that frightens you, we're pretty trigger happy as a species. So we've got, we've got a way to go yet. Yeah, we have. So I was watching some of your other talks where you were talking about your energy, the energy that you carry, this sort of electrical energy. And it reminded me of one of my favourite films, Powder. Have you seen Powder? I have seen powder, yeah. What did you think of powder? Yeah, it was 
Uh, it was a strange film, but it was pretty, pretty awesome. So it was pretty moving. So Powder is about this young man who is, as a baby, his mother dies giving birth to him. And he has this frequency that he carries, an electrical frequency where lightning chases him and wants to sort of connect with him. And so he has to live underground in his grandparents, um, what do you call it, under the house. What do you call that? Part Bunker. Of Thanks. Yeah, Bunker. Yeah. And uh, he's an albino in the movie. It's a, it's, a, it's a fictional movie, but it's probably based on someone like you. And he's reclusive until his grandparents mm-hmm. die because his father leaves because he's cut such a strange baby and his mother dies and his grandparents bring him up. And then they, the authorities find this like teenage kid who's like really strange. So he's totally empathic. He feels everyone's thoughts. He has this electrical frequency that's just like he can just manipulate electricity. Such a great movie. I'm sure you can read minds as well. Read minds. Yeah. It's, yeah. I loved it. Like it's probably 20, 25 years old, that movie, but I loved it. But when I was listening to you talk about your frequency, I'm thinking, oh, she's just like powder. Do you want to talk a bit more about that? Yeah, well, I definitely can say that I have a, a vibe and after an experience, I experience what I call electrical and I have actually blown up a few things. I had a, a weekend away in Byron by myself a few years ago and had a bit of a, a sleep time contact state and woke up and I feel electrical. So my head and my brain feels very spongy and hot and electrical and my hands as well and on the way home I stopped in at a service station along the Bruce Highway and I'd actually stopped because I had this energy building up through my heart but it was anchoring out through my big toe and I had a purple mark where the energy was trying to leave so I I went to go to the toilet and take my shoe off and rub my foot and so I must have charged my hand or something and I went to dry my hands afterwards and blew up the hand dryer. Um, I've also blown up fuse wire from a a fuse box over and over to the point where uh, my ex-husband asked me to meditate with it and that actually stopped that happening. Um, A jug, blown elements in the oven, um, hot water cylinder, plug, GPS uh, all the time. If I get excited, if I'm going to see a good friend I haven't seen for a while and I get excited or even nervous through the city, the GPS will just take me on a wild goose chase or just completely turn off altogether. If I'm thinking of someone, it'll take me to their house and not where I'm going. Right. My, my built-in GPS after an experience used to take us and say we're in Afghanistan and Turkey and things like that. So, Were you thinking of Afghanistan and Turkey when it was saying that? No, no. I was rushing to get my children to school on time. <laughs> <laughs> but interesting yeah. that it said Af- Afghanistan and Turkey, which are places on the planet that are really need- needing the love. Ah, oh, that's true. I never... Never really connected with that. It was a it was a built-in GPS, so every time you turn it on, it'll tell you where you are. And else, we were we weren't on the Sunshine Coast any longer in another country. So, but that was happening a lot through a lot of big downloads. Um, I've had some personal downloads recently, and I was at a an ex partner's house, and we just had a hug, and I just start vibrating, and the, he said the feeling that comes off me is just incredible, just makes you feel all blissed out and, and really good and later that night we were asleep and he woke up about 2am and he could feel the whole bed vibrating and not like something is shaking just like a machine that's slowly grinding over like a and hum. he touched a hum yeah he touched the side of the mattress and he said the whole bed was humming and then he rolled over and he could see me moving really really unusually and he waited for it to stop and then woke me up 
And he said, when I opened my eyes, it was like he could see light coming from behind my eyes. Do you remember um, there was a program, Stargate? Yes, yeah, you yeah. won. And the yeah. Egyptians, when their eyes would glow, it was like the whites, like there was light behind my eyes, not light coming from my eyes. Um, and I charged my hands and he put his fingers between and didn't touch me and I zapped him. And he did it again and it zapped him right through to his foot. So that, that was quite funny. Ooh, so what I'm getting an image of as you talk, it's like, you know, like a, a hose that is like a fire hose. And when you turn it on, the force of water, the force, that if you don't hold it and direct it, it just has a mind of its own. It just like goes all over the place or even a hose in the garden if you turn it on really forcefully. And then, so you have to grab a hold of it and then direct it. This is what I'm feeling like as you're talking about this energy, that it's like if you're not directing it, it's going to sort of wreak havoc, blow up. (laughs) As it was at the beginning when we first connected before I turned the recording on, it was just going insane and the two of us just went into meditation, a quick meditation and just asked to direct that energy. So is that what you're doing with the energy? Not really. It's, I've only had it affect people a few times and once was recently at a talk where um, people were overwhelmed with the energy that came through me and that happened quite spontaneously. I've had a few quite major downloads, one where I actually have passed out and I didn't pass out this time. I managed to sit down and it's like everything stands still. And I've had all the tests and uh, brain scans and things like that. And they can't find anything wrong with me. I've had my heart looked at. But it actually, this time, it affected four people. One lady felt a little bit unwell from it because it was mm. overwhelming. Yeah. Some people in the back actually said they felt blissed out. I felt quite blissed out. And it affected my ex-partner when we hugged in a really positive way. The rest of the time, it's pretty much just been coming into me and I I don't really direct it. Like before, when everything was playing up with the internet, I was completely relaxed. I'd had a bit of a chill out beforehand and got a cuppa and no excitement at all. Whereas I know I've had to learn to do that because when I've been quite excited about something, nothing works. I get locked out of email and all sorts, so. Wow, it's fascinating. So where do you think we're going with all of this? I mean, how do you think this is transforming our world? What can we do with this energy that you're carrying? Well, my job is to just share it, just to connect with people and share it. And through my healing work and sound healing and my UFO sky watchers, so I always make sure I'm sharing that with people. Where we're going, I think the ET are honestly here just to give us a bit of a nudge to wake us up. And I, I truly think the, the starseed phenomena is the inside job where they've realized that due to free will, there's not too much you can do from the outside, but you can incarnate some of our souls to take a frequency back to help everyone awaken. And as we work on ourselves, I believe we're biofeedback, biotechnology with the universe. And because we are all one and connected through energy, the more we work on ourselves, the more we actually help the consciousness of the planet and it flows to everybody where we're going I don't think in the UFO field anyone has the true picture most contactees will tell you even with their information it was limited that what you remember and, and what you get given it's like being drip fed to keep you on the mission we have to actually do it with our physicality otherwise it'd be like if you knew you were going to win lotto you might not work hard on your project but I do think I do think humanity is going through awakening and I do have faith and a good feeling in my heart that we are um, we are going to make it and that the darkness that is uh, infiltrated in lots of our systems and places on the planet is losing 
Yeah, well, there's a few theories. There's a few different timelines. And there's one that, yeah, we do blow ourselves up because we don't overcome our negative thoughts and the divisiveness and the, you're like, you're wrong and I'm right and I'm going to prove that I'm right. You know, that happens on a personal level, in a family, in a country, in a, in a society and, and globally. That's what war is all about. You're wrong and I'm right. I'm going to prove that I'm right and uh, I'm going to kill you because I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's a hard one, you know, living in a place of duality and knowing that the media is very controlled as far as what we get to see and we fed negativity to keep us at a low vibration. But I remind myself if we are on a planet of duality, there must be just as much good stuff going on on the planet that we don't hear about through the mainstream. And human consciousness seems to me, it, it, it does it. You, you have a disaster and everyone bands together and it's not about their own selfish uh, yeah. agendas. We start helping each other out and sadly humans need that to wake up. And someone asked me a question the other day, if, if everything is all how it should be and, and it's everything's happening as it should and the God consciousness, there's no right or wrong, does that make you know war and vaccines and all the things that are going on the planet right? And my answer to that was... There are certain things as the individual and even as a collective, we haven't been able to stop ourselves. You know, me as one person, I can't stop. But I think that those things that we know aren't right for us are the opportunity for us to expand our mind, live our truth and live differently than what's trying to be forced on us. So we do actually make these changes. We become the conscious force that drives the shift. And for those that aren't aware in consciousness, being pushed against a wall and having you know, the obvious happening in front of you is the opportunity to wake up. So it's our human perception that sees everything as right or wrong, that I do believe we live in an organized universe. Otherwise, there wouldn't be timelines because they would have to restructure things to try and fit their agenda in. So that um, just to have faith that it is all part of the bigger plan sometimes. But again, humans need to be pushed to wake up and people are waking up. Yeah, that, that's the majority of the people that I interview actually is that they've had some experience that has been so traumatic that they've had to wake up because their logical, physical human mind cannot understand. And yeah. when you can't figure it out, you know, logically, logistically, then you have to surrender to the human grip the human mind and like let go to something bigger and i've had that conversation with so many people the the last conversation i had was with marie a doctor who had you know five children she had the mansion she was married to a surgeon the tennis court swimming pool she had this really cushy life until a car came careering down the road and squashed her four-year-old and inside Ooh. of the grief of losing her four-year-old and he was just a being that, you know, that was all contracted. I'm going to wake you up by leaving my body. As yeah. she, you know, now she's like a galactic doctor, you know, changing people's DNA. And um, she's come a long way in a very few amount of years from being so third dimensionally focused to now this amazing doctor or physician, metaphysician, I suppose we could call her. But your story is not like that because we don't have to all go through trauma. We can just ask questions. I went through a bit of trauma. My mother died when I was young, so I experienced her illness. But we don't have to go through trauma. We can just wake up by asking questions and having experiences. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I've had enough of, I've had my own trauma 
just you know as a, as a youngster like everyone but no there's plenty of people aren't having uh, a near-death experience or a massive traumatic event to wake them up there are people that are awake that are having massive traumatic events to shift them even further um, yeah. but no I don't I don't think we have to go through trauma I think that if we were something that was massive and major it would be a breaking point where we haven't got it I, I don't know I can't really answer that as far as what's going to happen but I know people don't have to wake up through trauma that's what we're here for as starseeds too to share that genetic code I mean the sun is, is changing all of our DNA and I know when I'm having these upgrades I'm able to share more and more energy with people and I just see it around me just us sharing and interacting it's that hundred monkey experiment you know the hundred monkey effect Critical so mass. Many people change. Yeah, critical mass. Critical changes, mass. So. Yeah, that's what my guide said to me because I looked out into the world probably about five or six years ago, and because I was on media trying to put a dent in media, trying to bring some consciousness into media, right, on mainstream media, and feeling like a very small drop in a very large ocean, and looking at that ocean, that mass consciousness of fear-based thought forms and thinking oh my god how is this gonna happen i just don't get how this is gonna happen it's just too huge you know the, it's just too huge and that's what they told me it's critical mass and it's only a very small percentage of people that need to all carry a consciousness let's say in a way that they live it so this mm. is what my guides told me. It's not about everybody believing in love and light because everybody yeah. does believe in love and light. Everyone on the planet wants mm. to feel good. It's about living it. It's about living the principles of connectedness and you and I are one being and what I do for you, I do for myself. It's really living it. And, and they said to me, it's only under 5% of the planet. And once mm. 5% are at that stage, it is like that mass awakening will happen. But... We're not there yet. <laughs> no, and it's interesting. Um, this year, with having the last few eclipses and, and things that we've had and the planetary energy, even a, a friend of mine has said they've noticed a real shift in me and I'm really having presented to me in the moment, in the now, belief systems and how everything is social and moral conditioning and trying to undo and live without those belief systems. I mean, there's good belief systems that make you go forward and do more. Just knowing that you're being controlled by belief systems is a good belief because uh, it, ma it makes you look at everything. But needing to be unconditional is what they keep telling me, that I need to be unconditional love and spread that. It's a bit yeah. of a mind uh, mind trick, really. <laughs> it is. And, and that, is, that is really the challenge, to be unconditional, because we live in such a conditional world. It's such a conditional world. I was watching something on television, I don't know, you know, talking about relationships and love. And love or romantic love is such a conditional love, you know, like I'm going to love you. I don't love you. Have you said I love you yet? You know, it's all this like when you say I love you, then somehow you're vulnerable. And people say to me, you know, and I say, look, love is just not up for you know, discussion because love is who we are. So you love everybody and then you choose who to live with. It's not this, I'm only going to love you because I'm married to you or you're my child or you're my family and not love anybody else. Or the cat, like my neighbor said to me, she adopted one of my cats. The neighbors moved out, gave me two cats, a new neighbor moved in. And uh, I said, are you in love with the cat yet? And she said, 
no, I'm not in love with the cat yet. And I said, like, well, how could you not be in love with the cat? Because love is just not the condition that we need to. We are love. Yeah. It's just a decision. Of course I love the cat. Whether I want to own it or not, that's a decision, you know. <laughs> I, I, uh, that's something I've been looking at lately and I'm well aware that what true unconditional love is is not what we experience. Uh, we're taught, taught very early that if we do something that's good or we do something that makes the other person feel good, we receive love. It's very conditional right from the start. Um, and that's that's something I have been pushed to look at actually is, is the unconditional love and not living in the law of resistance, especially when it comes to loving relationships, having a free relationship. You know, the moment you start putting restrictions and rules and conditions, you are creating an environment to create resistance. And yeah, it's very, it's very interesting because you have to become unconditional with yourself first before you can be unconditional with anyone else. And that is a real challenge. So again, it comes back to that, just being content with yourself and loving yourself. But uh, being unconditional and look, when you start looking, when you're living it with yourself, when it comes to love, relationships, friendships, it's a very tricky thing to navigate. It is. And recently I was with Mary Rodwell, who has interviewed over about three and a half thousand starseeds, people like you who are having their first human experience or their maybe one of their first human experience, but they've spent more time in other dimensions. And she made a really outstanding statement at the end of her talk saying that half the planet are starseeds. What would you say to people watching this, asking, you know, those questions, am I someone like you? Yeah, I'd agree that it's a huge amount of star seeds on this planet. Not not everyone is awake. We're all encoded to wake at different times. Actually, on Mary's website, um, and she's actually given me permission to put it online, she's got a questionnaire that you can ask a whole lot of questions that fit into the star seed or experiencer category. And uh, if you are questioning whether you're a starseed, I'd say that's a good indication that you kind of feel something's a bit odd or you're having experiences that you aren't aware, you know, you don't know what they're about and you're looking for answers, go on to her website and or mine and, and have a look at the questionnaire. And uh, I answered a, a fair lot of the questions and there were things that you might not have even realised were associated with that kind of awareness or, or being a starseed, but she's done so many interviews. She's picked out, you know, what is constant and, and the traits of the starseed and it was pr it's pretty accurate. Well, here's the thing. If you're watching this video or listening to this, you are absolutely. And I would say the majority of souls on this planet have spent time in other dimensions and on other planets and as other beings anyway, because the amount of diversity that's available to us when we're not humanly focused, not third dimensionally focused. So probably everybody on the planet has yeah, everybody on the planet has. But whether you're someone who needs to wake up to that reality or not is another question because there are people that aren't and don't want to wake up to that reality and there are people that do want to wake up to that reality and because they do, they have something to bring, you know. So that expanding sure. your consciousness means that you've got something to contribute to those other people, to other people. Mm. Absolutely. And um, a lot of people, starseeds, feel like they have a mission, but they're not quite sure what it is. Mm. And some of us do have a particular mandate that we have to do something or reach a certain level. A lot of people actually just need to wake up. And because that's an energetic encoding that's turning on, so they're sharing that back with the field. But the natural 
the natural fallout from waking up is that you do start looking at what's in your food, what's in your water, what medication. You start being more responsible for yourself on a mental, physical, emotional, spiritual level. And, you you know, you can't help it. It just draws you there. It, um, better living. Things start to become obvious when, like you said, that logical mind can no longer argue with the fact that this isn't working. And that is what really seems to happen with the awakening community. And then reaching out to others and finding resources and things they can join to actually feel like they make a difference, which mm. they are through their action. I think the biggest problem that people have when they awaken is this pushing against, you called it the law of resistance. Now, I haven't heard it coined that way, the law of resistance, but I kind of like that, law of resistance. And when you do start to wake up and see that you've been almost hypnotized I suppose like you've been living a delusion in a delusional world you've been making things important that aren't important Mm. and you start to think I don't want to have any part of that you start to push back and this is what Esther Hicks and and my mob talk about you know that pushing back actually interferes with your own energy expansion it sort of cuts you off from your connection to your source and your connection to energy in general so you know that a negative thought doesn't feel as good as a, as a happy thought or a positive thought. And when you don't feel good, you get tired, you get really tired. So I know a lot of light workers, for a better word, you know, they ha- they're, they're doing this exhaustion thing. And it's that law of resistance because they're pushing against that which they want to fix. You know what I mean? It's like I've done many sessions with healers and I say, stop trying to fix people and just love them, you know, see the condition is perfect for the experience in the moment and that transforms it as opposed to trying to overcome it or fix it or make it go away, you know, push it away, resist it, the law of resistance. That's a big one. That's a big one with people awakening that you have to stop making the rest wrong. I'm looking at what's going on with the pipeline depot and there's so much resistance going on. And I'm thinking it's creating awareness but is it helping it? Because there's so much, we're peaceful warriors and we're meditating, but you guys are wrong with what you're doing to the planet. Like that's that pushing against as well. It's a really interesting place to be. It is. And I know, I know exactly what you mean. And it's a very double-edged sword because I think the whole, a lot of the spiritual movement, which I believe was created to entrap people in that, where they do become a little bit complacent and don't, take a stand for things but uh again in that law of resistance you know I, I used to think you know should I be up protesting and doing all this stuff and I was told very clearly not to that you were it's not that you weren't taking action it just wasn't the action that you're here to take that your energy could be more destructive than it is um positive for me personally and that the most important thing I could do would be work on myself and stay balanced and and that's exactly it. You wake up and then they start fighting the system rather than just being the change and change the system. You know, I find it expensive to eat organically and, and a good friend of mine said, but if we all do it, those places like Woolworths and Coles will eventually have to bring in more organics because it's what everybody wants. It won't and, make, and it won't necessarily make it cheaper, but mm-hmm. um, it's still pushing towards what we need, which is stopping the chemicals in our food. And uh, so the best thing you can do rather than resisting, you can see you can see it and see where you feel that, that there's resistance and acknowledge it and then do something else that fixes the problem. We need to stop going into, we, we've got enough awareness now for a lot of people. And so I find the conspiracy movement quite often 
comes in and it just pisses people off, which is a good place to start, but there's not a lot of solutions and we have to be the solution. Otherwise, we are just feeding that energy back into the matrix and creating the resistance to start with, which I think is your point. So I, I've, I'm aware of those things. I don't put my head in the sand. I know that there's some really bad things going on and sometimes I'll share it, but it'll always be shared with a message of solution, with a positive of how we need to overcome that. Um, I think that's that's really important for the awakening now. Is, and that's where the connections and communities are good because we can start to share solutions rather than just be aware and then go into a state of resistance. It's like a bit of a trap, actually. And people want to withdraw from society then, and I've been through that. Yeah. But you really can't help society if you're not in it, if you're disconnected. And it's really empowering when you do go along to a community event and you see several hundred people all on the same page, the energy that's created from that. We need to get more of that happening. Yeah, absolutely. You're just reiterating the words I had to, to a client yesterday. You know, she's like, I've never felt a part of humanity. You know, I've always felt that whole, that whole story. Okay. But she's older and she's got this 12 year old, amazing star kid that just would not go to school. He just climbed a tree and refused to come down. Like he just wouldn't go. He's a classic. He's fabulous. And the two of them just want to like go and live in the country and be away from it. And that's exactly what I said to them. It's like, well, that's nice. But how do you, how do you bring your consciousness and your knowing to help others, you know, to actually be inside it? I mean, it's nice to retreat and have that alone time with nature and it's beautiful, but you're holding a frequency that others can benefit from, even if you do nothing, just being in a restaurant. I was told that years ago when I started doing energy healing work, just wherever you go, when you're in a restaurant, we're going to use you to like beam some energy through you to sort of help people that are suffering either mentally or physically next to you. And I said, really? Hey, cool. That's cool. <laughs> like, I don't even have to know about it. Yeah. Just holding a frequency is beneficial. Absolutely. And I think, you know, again, with balance, you can have that. I live out in the country. I've, my neighbours uh, and my landlord, which is over two kilometres away, and I just have the cows, but I just make sure that I engage in, in community things and give myself the opportunity to share with people as well. So you can, you can find that balance. I totally uh, don't know if I could live in suburbia. <laughs> I think when you get to a, a certain level, I just it's a noise and, you know, lots of different stuff it just doesn't appeal to me anymore so I just I choose where I put myself now yeah look no I get it I moved out of the city well when I say out of the city I moved to the northern beaches of Sydney right right up the coast and it was beautiful and, and everything but they brought me back into the city so I'm right in the thick of it it's not where I prefer to be but that's where I am and they've just yeah. made it super easy for me to be here like when everyone is paying huge amounts of rents and paying, like they've just made it super easy for me to be here. But something that you yes. touched on that I want to touch on before we finish up is that sure. money thing. You said something about organics and you said, you know, it's more expensive to have organics. But that whole paradigm around the flow of abundance is such a huge thought form that a lot of difference makers buy into, you know, not having enough money, something that, I lived for a long time and I don't live it anymore because I made peace with it and knowing that I'm completely supported and I can afford to do whatever I want to do, whether I want to eat organic food or not, you know what I'm saying? Just making peace with this struggle to survive. That's probably the thought form that we're working on the most as a human race, this struggle to survive. Because as we 
imagine if the West didn't know that they needed to struggle to survive, they wouldn't let other countries live the way they do where people are dying of starvation on a daily basis. If we weren't buying into that struggle called, I need this money to survive so I can't share it with you, then we wouldn't let what's happening on the planet happen. So it's such a huge thought form, this I, I don't have enough to have what I it want. It is, and you're absolutely right. And there is a, a whole program of poverty consciousness on the planet. And people have to realize that money is just energy. That, you know, people are just that saying it's a root of all evil. No, it's not. It's humans' behavior and their choices because it is a choice. And money is a divine energy. It's just a flow. It's an exchange of what you give out. And I, I found that with even with um, UFO stuff and, and spiritual work, people complaining about spending the most minute amount of money, like $35 on uh, an event that I put on for five hours, let alone my thousands of dollars of gear and the hours that I don't get paid for organizing people and communicating and supporting people afterwards. They still come, but they'll still complain that, that, that it's a spiritual gift and you, sh you shouldn't be receiving money, and especially if you're a woman. You know, there's a... Money creates opportunities, like you said, to help people. And if, and if we were all abundant the way we're supposed to be on every level, you know, we talk about abundance and then people then moan and bitch about people that are charging what they feel they're worth for their work. It's, it's crazy, you know. Like you say, if we all had the money, there'd be, there'd be no need to be holding on scarcity, greed, and we could help more people. I've always seen it that way. I always said that I'd be a great millionaire because it would offer me opportunities to help so many more people than I can right now. Yeah. Look, it's a huge thought form that a lot of us buy into. There's that, you know, it's not enough. And going to India, that was the one thing I was there probably about 12 years ago. That was the one thing I felt at the consciousness of India was that there's not enough. There's not enough space. There's not enough time. There's not enough money. There's not enough. There's just not enough. People are pushing past you to get past you. And it's like, I've got to get, because there's just not enough. It creates this sort of stress, struggle, desperation. desperation. Yeah. You know what, guys, there's enough. So your meditation, there is more than enough. That's what we've got to buy into. There is more than enough abundance, money, time for me to do and have everything I want. That's yes. really the thought form that needs to be anchored in your being because that just makes life a hell of a lot easier. And Absolutely. yeah, my life's been a and more fun. And more fun. Absolutely. Oh, beautiful. It's been so beautiful to talk with you today. Thanks for sharing you too, your story. Karen. Thank and, you. Um, Thanks to the mob for making it not so, you know, crazy technically because there's been a, Absolutely. a few hiccups. I'll have to do that more often. <laughs> yeah, yeah, focusing the energy because at the beginning it was just crazy. It was like listening to a vacuum cleaner. You couldn't hear it, but no. I could hear it in the background. So thanks for having the chat on ATP Media with me. And remember, if you want to join the Inner Sanctum, I've got uh, monthly webinars happening where you get to learn deliberate creation, you know, how to take a hold of that energy and focus it to where you want. We have more discussions like this in a more personal basis or a more directed basis. And I invite people, some of my guests to come on, can share their stories so that you get to ask people questions. You get to meet my guests personally. The next guest I've got coming on in March is Krista Gorman. She's going to share her experience in her near-death experience and what she learned on the other side and there's a whole slew of guests coming on this year so 
So I put snippets of them up on YouTube for the public to see, but it's by subscription. So the people that are members, they come on and they get this personal access. So go to my website and check out The Inner Sanctum and join us. Check out some of my other videos. There are some great videos. All those people I mentioned, Garnet Schulhauser is amazing. I've got some more wonderful people to talk to coming up. And if you want to learn more about the law of attraction and how you are creating your reality or how to find more love, come and have a session with me. So thanks again for joining me on ATP Media. Remember to subscribe and like and all that fabulous stuff and leave your comments underneath on the YouTube or on iTunes. Bye for now. Your radio station is an example of the future existing right now. Come along.